I'm feeling a preacher. Oh gosh. Welcome to another episode of the Reason to Behold podcast. <laughs> With Tully Talks. And Arnold Reasons. And we are back with another Chop It Up. Oh, we have not done this for a while. We haven't. We haven't. It has been a minute. Yeah. We've kind of inadvertently kind of chopped a few things up in between. Yeah, but, but not intentionally. But yeah. Not intentionally. So this is this is good. Today's a day of trying formats and thing. It is. Okay. So the uh, if you guys don't use the Holy Bible app, aka U version, ask yourself: Are you really a Christian? <laughs> I'm just joking. Wow, <laughs> but Loki, not to joking. Like, uh. so if, if you don't use the app, check it out. Um, one of the cool things that they have is a verse of the day, and today's verse of the day is: Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things sufficient for the day is its own trouble and one of the things um that i think is quite important sometimes i find with the bible app is that the verse of the day by itself stands quite well but then when you actually go back and read around it you really get a really good understanding of why that verse stands so well so like for this one for example it starts with therefore and one of the things that we were taught was that when you see a therefore you need to find out what it is there for. Come on. So, <laughs> so always go back and see what precedes the therefore, mm. because then that tells you why they're saying what they're saying. So I think as part of our let's chop it up, I think it would be good to go back a little bit through the verses um, that come before it um, and see what it says. So if we start at verse 25, it says, therefore I say to you, which also means now. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to go even further back after this. Yeah. Uh, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature, grow taller? So, why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore... (laughs) We know what that's there for. <laughs> Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For all these things, the Gentiles, for after these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knows what you need, knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Mm. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Mm. feel like there's a lot in there so much i feel like when when you look at kind of the context of what we're talking about 
it basically lists out all the things that we worry about mm. you know like food shelter safety clothing like all of those things mm. right and it's not to say that these things aren't important but it's almost trying to say that look these things god knows other things that you need for life mm. just like the birds of the air you know they they get fed like mm. the cycles happen for them so like god is a god who provides you know so actually when we connect into that provision that stuff should be rolling it should be there you know whereas actually god what god has called us to is what it says in verse um 33 about seeking the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you that's really what god wants from us is us to seek him seek his kingdom and his righteousness he doesn't want us to have to be seeking after all these other things so so just to even add some add an example from my own life even within the last few weeks right yeah because i'm trying i'm like i'm as we're reading these verses i'm thinking all right arnold how has this played out in your life yeah as recently as you can remember and i remember just a few weeks back i think we even mentioned it on another podcast episode Mm. just about the whole repair gone wrong yeah let's just call it that yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) and i think just some of the like in its rawness some of the anxiety that came up because of that yeah um just because you're thinking about a million things like oh what we're gonna tell the customer what we're gonna do how we're gonna put this right oh this is gonna mess us up so and so forth um and and i think one of the things that i know really did help practically to move out of that place of anxiety was to apply seeking first the kingdom of god and his righteousness Mm. to that situation and what that looked like practically yeah that's what i was gonna ask you what does that mean what that looked like practically in that situation for me was okay so seeking first the kingdom of god to me i'm thinking about the kingdom of god has a way Mm. there's principles there's Mm. scriptures there's Mm. a way that we are to approach life through the lens of the kingdom of god right for sure and so one of the things that i had to practice in doing that was confessing my faults Mm. confessing about the anxiety that i was experiencing Mm. and having those kinds of conversations where i'm just talking about it to brothers and sisters you one of the people i spoke to obviously my wife Mm. and you know like just having those conversations in the context of Christian community because in that moment when you're feeling anxious or overwhelmed or challenged by a situation for one reason or another the answer might not just be me standing up and saying no Arnold you are better than that you don't have to think yeah. these things sometimes it's really just having that conversation to say hi guys yeah I'm scared yeah do you get what I'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. and humbling yourself to even be able to admit that mm. and I think in that situation the benefit of doing that was experiencing the family of god reminding you of the context of what's really going on and how small that thing is in the grand scheme of things Mm. um and that wouldn't have happened if i didn't humble myself and admit even areas of weakness or feeling anxious in a situation and i think also outside of that as well taking it to capturing that those kind of anxious feelings Mm. and making them become prayer points Mm. as well where i intentionally poured out to god that both with people and even in my private space to say father i feel overwhelmed right now Mm. 
and obviously it wasn't just the repair gone wrong it was all of the stuff going on at the same, the same time, time which made that seem so much worse mm. and just being able to admit like openly before god that you know what I, i'm at breaking point mm. and i don't know what to do but i know that you do and so i asked for wisdom all of those kinds of different things and you know just praying into the situation so that even though i personally cannot control it i have submitted it to the person who can mm. um and so in that situation that's what it looked like to practically apply seeking first the kingdom of god um and as a result peace <laughs> definitely mm. came which reminds me of the verse in i think it's isaiah that speaks about he keeps those at perfect peace whose His mind, mind is stayed, stayed on upon him, him. Mm. um mm. but going back to like some of the places where anxiety does come up i think what i did see as you're reading through is that it does come down to the whole survival thing right yeah the things that we think are essential and necessary for life and it's whenever that thing feels threatened yeah real quick that's when we start to experience anxiety and i can see the the wisdom in god essentially saying to us look stop putting your focus there mm. because even those things that seem essential to your life were provided by me sure. and True. so rather than being distracted by just staring at those things mm. take a step back mm. get some perspective mm. and remember that it's me that you can come to who is your father you are in relationship with about these things mm. it's so true and I feel like because I was thinking when you were talking about Elijah Mm. because you know you were saying that sometimes it's not about just being like oh just snap out of it da, da, da. Mm. like if you look at how God dealt with Elijah mm. in that situation right so where he'd just come off this like massive win right mm-hmm. mad people got killed that were like false prophets and then Jezebel threatened him mm. and he like basically went off into the wilderness or into cave or whatever it was and God firstly sent like an angel to him to give him food and stuff like that to strengthen him. And then God asked him questions. Mm. He's like, why are you afraid? Like, why are you here? Yeah. You know, or even I think there was another verse somewhere where God asked someone like, why are you afraid? Mm. You know, he opens that dialogue. He doesn't just say, don't be afraid. He says, why are you afraid? Mm. You know, then he explains, oh, I'm afraid because of this, this and this. Then God is like, but I have this. You know, because he's like, oh, I'm the only one. And now they want to kill me. And God's like, no, but I've reserved like hundreds, maybe thousands of people who are also, you know, they're not idol worshippers. Mm. So God encouraged him, but he opened the dialogue with him. Mm. He didn't just tell him like, no, no, no. He encouraged him. He asked him questions. Mm. And I feel like that's kind of the role that we should play for one another is that when somebody comes to express that, it shouldn't just be straight in with like, oh no, but the Bible says don't fear. It's like, actually understand why do they fear? Yeah, yeah. You know, talk through with it. Talk through with people because sometimes that's just the fruit of a deeper root. Yeah. And actually the root is what needs to be addressed yeah. and that's what needs to be pulled out and that's what needs to be replaced with the proper root of God and yeah. his word. And it, if you just chop the leaves off, it will just come back and keep mm-hmm. coming back. But actually, if you address the real underlying issue, it mm. makes a massive difference. Mm. 
what's one of the what are some of the things that have helped you to not be overcome by anxiety or even an example of overcoming and how you did that Mm. (laughs) so anxiety I feel like I feel like I'm about to expose my life a little bit um so like growing up I wasn't necessarily that confident in uh talking to the opposite sex let's Mm. say and that was something that because it's not like a survival thing you know what I mean like yeah because I think growing up we were quite poor so I think in a lot of ways that fear of not having and stuff like that because I've seen God provide for us since I was very young Mm. I that wasn't something that really necessarily impacted me in that way because mm. we had nothing like we had negative nothing <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i saw that god provided yeah. we're all good like so for me that one's not really that's not where i was getting attacked with yeah. with the worry or the anxiety or anything like that but it was that confidence and like being able to engage with people and stuff like that mm. and some of it was just like praying some of it was like there's practical things that you can do so like if you're really afraid of something sometimes stepping towards that thing and doing it helps you to come overcome the fear yeah yeah and it's going in knowing that it's not just me that's going but that god goes with me yeah and so like so because i was scared to talk to girls um and i used to like anyway so like sometimes i used to use a crutch of alcohol to help me really yeah. i yeah. did not know yeah because bro, after a drink everybody yeah. is way more confident okay right? so you don't you know i wasn't like a dependent alcoholic yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah if i'm out and i've had a couple of drinks then it's easier yeah to talk to that girl yeah right and i felt like i stopped drinking and then now I'm in social situations. And this isn't just about like, you know, going to a girl to like do that. No, this is even just normal conversations. Yeah, yeah. And so I stopped drinking and then that anxiety of talking to girls was very much there. Mm. And so I just felt like I was being challenged to, when I go to a new situation, talk to another, talk to someone I haven't spoken to before mm. who's a girl. And going through that process and going through it with God in terms of, okay, I know that I'm going in with God is like, that is what helped me to get over that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because the more that you do it, the more that you're in that situation, you know, the more used to it you get, the more you trust, you know, the more you realize that actually those things that I'm worried about happening, they don't ever really happen Mm. in that way. Because often the things that we fear, they don't really come to pass like that. Mm. you know so whether it's about you know fearing for your future or for you know are you going to have the money that kind of thing actually start to do the things that engage that and start to combat that in a way Mm. you know that's really good and I think also one of the other things um, that comes to mind for me as well is just how in seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness mm. like there's a shift in your perspective overall mm. because when we're looking 
so much in the here and now and maybe this applies more to some of the examples that we were speaking about before maybe not so much the example you just mentioned yeah because <laughs> I was thinking because for me that wasn't something I worried about but yeah, I was thinking yeah, yeah, okay yeah. what's the parallel yeah. with this so it's like if you're worried about food and stuff like that yeah and actually part of the kingdom is feeding the poor yeah so actually why don't you try and feed more people yeah do you see what I mean got you if you're worried about clothing and stuff like that start giving it away yeah <laughs> like <laughs> yeah you know walk towards that thing that yeah. makes you feel that kind of way yeah you know yeah. because actually even that in itself is like it's like a spiritual law right mm. you reap what you sow mm. so like this is what it is because the enemy like when we talk about thinking about like food and clothing and that kind of thing the enemy is trying to scare you into just holding on to what you have mm. because what you have some of it is seed because it says he gives seed to the sower and bread for the eating so some of it is for you to enjoy which is the bread for the eating yeah. but other parts of it is to be seed and what the enemy is trying to do is get you to eat your seed because you think you don't have enough mm. but actually start to sow that seed mm. start to walk towards that thing that actually i feel like if i share this thing with somebody mm. then i'm going to have less and i won't have enough mm. but god is saying no 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 just like I'm guiding you to take care of somebody else, I'm guiding somebody else to take care of you. Uh, listen, this podcast is gonna step on the flesh, <laughs> literally, because, like, I'm I'm really traveling in my thoughts okay. with what you're speaking about, and was reminded. So I've looked it up. I found the verses, Luke's, <laughs> Luke chapter twelve, yeah, from verse sixteen. Then he told them a parable. A rich man's land was very productive. He thought to himself, what should I do? Yeah. Since I don't have anywhere to store my crops. I will do this, he said. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones mm. and store my grain and my goods there. Mm. Then I'll say to myself, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy. Eat, drink and enjoy yourself. Mm. But God said to him, you fall. This very night, your life is demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? Mm. That's how it is with the one who stores up treasures for himself mm. and is not rich toward God. God. So that this parable came to mind for me just because, like on the same vein of what you were speaking about, mm. when we focus so much on just stocking stuff up for ourselves, it's usually because our perspective is limited and we forget about God being the provider. True. And and I think that's the reality is that in generosity, in giving, in sharing what you do have, the mm. resources in your hands, mm. it's a faith step. Mm. Because For sure. If if I've got a hundred pounds and I've just given out a hundred pounds and like I don't know for sure where the next hundred pounds is coming from, mm. it's it's almost like a sign that can in situations reflect the confidence that I have in God to provide for mm. what I need. Mm. Now I'm not saying that everybody has to go and give away the last hundred pounds, no, no, no. but do you know what I mean? I think I can see the the parallel even in this parable and how important it is for us that no matter how much you do or don't have, mm. to to make a practice of being, being rich toward God and yeah. generous toward others. Yeah, because that's what even in reading it as well, he's speaking. They're speaking about a rich man, and the final verse sums up with that's how it is with the one who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Mm. So even that in itself gives me or opposes the question so what does it look like to be rich toward God? 
Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because clearly it can't just be just the fact that you have all of this. No. It's what do you do in with your it? Possession. It's what you do with what it. What do you do with it? Because what's interesting is it says about how a wise man stores up in his, an inheritance for his children's children. Yeah. Right? Which for me, part of it means that, okay, there's it's okay to have inheritances for my yeah. kids. Right, so it's not about me not having anything. Yeah. But it's, am I willing to be rich towards God with what I have as well? Yeah. You know, so it's like, sometimes God might guide you to give something to somebody. Am I willing to do that? You know, am I willing to be free with my cash? I'm free, free with my substance. Yeah. And I feel like it's not always about money because even some of the stuff that Jesus said in terms of, you know, I was hungry and you fed me. Ugh. You know, so even if you don't have lots of money, like we see with the widow, that fed um i think it was elijah or elisha like she didn't necessarily have lots of money but she was able to feed him with what she had so i think it's you know it's all of the resources that we have available 1 timothy 6 verse 17 says instruct those who are rich in the present age Mm. not to be arrogant Mm. or and here's the main part to set their hope Mm. on the uncertainty of wealth but on god who richly provides us with all things to enjoy. Hmm. Instruct them to do what is good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and willing to share, storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of what is truly life. That's interesting because it says about being rich in good works. Mm. That's really interesting. What do you think are good works? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> There's none good but good. So God works. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think generally, when I think of good works, mm. um, I literally do think of God works. Like, because I know that he is the definition of good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so things that... So what does that, God do? So what does God do? So mm. what, first of all, we know that he's extremely generous. Mm. Um, in that he he's extremely generous and indiscriminate in his generosity as well because and I've never thought about that before but he John 3.16 verse of the century (laughs) God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him Mm. shall not perish but have eternal life Mm. and so one there's the generosity in the fact that he actually gave something that was of such great cost but then it's also the fact that he didn't discriminate in his generosity he didn't Mm. say i'm only gonna offer this to the people that measured up to maybe be 25 percent good Mm. and 75 percent but he didn't do that Mm. he offered it to all of creation Mm. and so so yeah so those are two quick things that come to mind about what god does and how he is god is also patient Mm talk about challenging the flesh right now (laughs) kind you know all of those verses we spoke about from colossians in another episode about putting on kindness Mm. and all of these different things just anything that i think reflects his nature let's just look at some verses actually okay because i think that's that's probably a good a good way to to go with it because i feel like sometimes we treat being rich towards god just about in terms of money Nah, it's not. But it's not. Money, money. I think, is one part of it. Mm. But it's like one of so many more things. For sure. And I think maybe money comes up because it's one of the ones that can grip 
<laughs> people real real deep. <laughs> but um mm. the verse in Colossians 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 is Colossians chapter three from verse twelve. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, mm. kindness, humility, yeah. gentleness, patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, that was like a riddle to me. <laughs> but but like okay, even if you talk about some of these traits, yeah. In turn, compassion. What does compassion look like? Compassion looks like in one way when I see somebody who's clearly in an unfortunate position whether they're close or far yeah. even the person that's got a bottle of alcohol that's empty sitting next to them mm. like am I compassionate enough to not make the mistake of condemning them for their decision to drink alcohol mm. but to still somehow seek to meet their needs mm. and to share what I'm able to share with them mm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Outside of that, compassion also looks like you hear somebody's going through a situation, mm. whether it's a faith crisis, like we've spoken about on another podcast, or whether it's just the the loss of a loved one. Mm. You know, like these little things that happen in day to day life. In those moments, are we compassionate? Mm. Like, are we able to take ourselves outside of just our frame our environment yeah and and actually really think okay what is life like from this person's perspective and how can i actually help them in this moment Mm. kindness what does kindness look like bro (laughs) (laughs) hashtag check out the be kind podcast episode i think it's episode 15 maybe for real that's so true and like being understanding mm. and being kind. And I think that's where our perception of God really does make a difference. Because if we are those who are being conformed after the image of God and being perfected to look more and more like God, mm. the way that we perceive him is extremely important. Because if we perceive him as this distant person who's like can you people just come on my level honestly like if we see him like that it's gonna come across in the way that we deal with one another yeah and equally if we see him on the other end of the extreme as this person who's just like oh it's okay you know (laughs) stab me in my back it's okay (laughs) do the things that offend me right in front of me in fact let me help you if we have that Mm. kind of perception again it's gonna come across in how we Mm, interact with we interact people. with one another and and that's why having the right view of God as he's revealed himself mm. is so important mm. because it's only through looking and measuring ourselves against scriptures and what we see of God against what we see in the scriptures and what we see that he's revealed about himself throughout all history and allow that to inform what we define as good mm. and a good work because I feel like the good work to God work thing. Yeah. I feel like that's really important. Yeah. Because that comes down to knowing God and yeah. knowing who he is, what he would do, what's yeah. his heart. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, like I said, God is good. Mm. There's nothing good outside of God. Mm. 
So really understanding him and his nature and how he interacts with people, that is how we really know how to do good works. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe for the person that's asking, how can I learn more about that? Mm. The first answer is obviously you can check through the scriptures. But even as we read through scriptures, like don't just read through it as information, mm. but read through it and interact with God as mm. you're reading through. Mm. So when you see the scriptures speak about how God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, etc., rather than just reading it and maybe memorizing it because it's the one of the most popular verses, mm. actually ask God questions. Mm. You know. And even ask questions for yourself to reflect on about God and ask the Holy Spirit to give you understanding and insight into that. Because and you know, one of the mistakes we can make is just consuming all of the information, but missing the opportunity to really connect with God's heart. Mm. And, and I think that's what happens when in our time of reading scriptures, we actually do ask these kinds of questions. And we also place ourselves in the situation. True. Like when the scriptures speak about Jesus being in the garden of Gethsemane mm. and his soul being sorrowful unto death, like picture yourself actually being posted next to one of the trees and literally seeing the agony that mm. Jesus Christ, the sinless savior is experiencing and the things that he's saying, like if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Mm. Like, imagine yourself in that garden. Do you get what I'm saying? Because yeah. maybe I'm a weirdo. Like, I do that sometimes. But I feel like that <laughs> makes it so much more real. Yeah. Because sometimes it's so easy to, like, read, like, oh, okay, so Samson ripped the gates off a city. You're yeah. like, cool. <laughs> but then you're like, hold on. Hold on. When I think about a mansion, yeah, and can I imagine ripping the gates to a mansion? Yeah. No. Yeah. To a gated community? No. This is to a city. <laughs> A man just ripped the gates off to a city. Yeah. Imagine what that looked like. You know? Like, when you actually put yourself there, it takes it from being this kind of slightly abstract, almost like fictional story, to like, no. Yeah. That was someone's life. It does, man. And I think on the flip side, something else that it does Mm. is it helps to make you see almost different things that happen in your everyday life. Minor things. Almost... Even, even as though they are things that you can contextualize as things written in the scriptures Do you get mm. it's, it's, it's a weird way to say it but mm. like when you have that interaction like i remember this one time right i was i think i just spent some time reading the scriptures and stuff like that yeah. and then left my house and i was like okay god where should i go and i think and i was trying to go to my friend's house and i think i was like okay god i don't know how i want to get there where should i go should i go to the station and get a bus from there mm. or should i go another way and then at the time I felt that the answer was to go to the station. So I went to the station, got on this bus and I ended up basically sitting next to a guy and I don't even remember how the conversation started, but by the end of the journey that I was on to my friend's house, I remember basically sharing with him what I knew to be the gospel at that time, as much as I knew of it. And, and I don't remember how we got there. We ended up talking about his life, talking about his situations and what he was going through. And I was just mm. trying to give him words of encouragement and say to him, look, Jesus is the savior. Da, 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 da. Wow. But like, I remember that experiences like that yeah. almost felt like I was seeing my life written in the scriptures, if that makes yeah. sense. 
Yeah, yeah. And it just made it that much more real and rich. For sure. Because there's that verse about how we're like living epistles. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, that is the thing. And then Arnold went to the bus stop. Literally. He was, Arnold was led to the bus stop. And da, 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 da. It's like. The spirit forbade him from taking the other yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But it gets so much more dynamic, man. Mm. For real. For real. Because when you think about it, like the people who were in acts or whatever, like they were just living life. Yeah, literally. Like they didn't know that one day we would be reading about what they were doing. Yeah. They were just living life just like we do. Yeah. You know? That's pretty dope. Do we need to go back a bit on the first therefore that we came to, just for completeness? Mm-hmm. So the the therefore in um, in Luke six, it was Luke, right? Matthew. Matthew, sorry, excuse me. The therefore in Matthew six, um, verse twenty five, that says, "Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink." Before that, it's talking about how. Oh no! <laughs> about how you cannot serve two masters. So verse twenty-four says, "You can, no one can serve two masters, for either you will hate one and love the other, or else you'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and Mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, or what you'll drink, etc., etc." And like what I'm taking from that is that if we start to worry about those things that is when we start to serve mammon instead uh, of serving god uh, right because it's saying therefore i say to you it says you cannot serve god and mammon therefore i say to you do not worry about your life and then it's saying about how the gentiles who at that time were the people who did not have god uh, that is the thing that they seek uh, that is the thing that they serve that is the thing that they strive after but what we as people who know god what we should be seeking and striving after is his kingdom and his righteousness yeah. and that's what we should be serving yeah. because when we're worried about okay how am i going to get that next money how am i going to get that how am i going to do this yeah. all you're thinking about is the things that you need to do the service that you need to get paid for yeah to get that you know what even if we go up a few more verses from 19 don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth mm. where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal mm. but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust mm. destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also one of the interesting thing about these verses because that all connects with everything mm. that we were talking about mm. and is what eventually leads on to saying no one can serve two masters etc therefore i tell you don't worry about your life and so on and so forth one of the things that i find really interesting is that i see that one of the themes that runs through this whole thing is the issue of where you're storing up yourselves treasures where mm. is it that you perceive the treasure to be mm. because one person could read these verses and be like okay well it means that as christians we shouldn't bother working to get money we shouldn't think about buying no houses mm. it's a waste of time just mm. think about eternal life and mm. i think that it's i don't think what that's saying. what it's leading us into because yeah. even when you search the scriptures in 
acts and so on and so forth, you learn about different people who owned homes and owned different things. Mm-hmm. So that's not what we're trying, what we're trying to trying to get out of these verses or yeah. what the verses are even telling us rather. Yeah. But instead it's about where are we perceiving our treasure to be and what are we doing with it? And I saw a connect today that I haven't seen before, but the verse that we quoted from First Timothy six actually answers it. Mm. Because in verse 19 or I'll go back to verse 18 when it's speaking about the instruction for the rich in this age it says instruct them to do what is good to be rich in good works to be generous and willing to share Mm. storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of what is truly life and the connect that I'm seeing there is that the way that you don't store up treasures on here here on earth where moth rust and all of them thing there is by applying verse 18 which tells you to be rich in good works Mm. to be generous Mm. and willing to share Mm. and that's when it defines that as storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the coming age Mm. because when you do those things with however much or little you do have your focus is no longer just on this life Mm. like yes you take care of your bills and stuff like that but your focus is more on eternal life because you're not just pouring into your own life but you're pouring into the lives of others Mm. and how much of an encounter and experience is it for other people Mm. to benefit from your hard work (laughs) that has paid you without having done anything to deserve it that's a reflection of god's relationship with us that is so true it's an extension of grace and it's an extension of god's nature to the person that's on the receiving end and i think that's why Look at this. This is a challenge to all of our flesh. That's why there's a duty for all of us, Mm. regardless of how much or little we have, Mm. to be generous people. True. Because it is literally a reflection of God. God. Being generous without discrimination. And that's... Indiscriminately generous. That's where it talks about it's more blessed. And blessed means happy as well, right? Yeah, yeah. To give than to receive. Yeah. Right? So imagine how good it feels when someone gives you something. Yeah. Actually, the act of giving feels better. Yeah. You know? And that's how, you know, like, it pleases God to give us things. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Like, (laughs) he gives us those things and it pleases him. Mm. Sidebar. Yeah. I think that's part of the bit about how it pleased God to crush Jesus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just say it. Because... He was given him for us. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. That was his greatest gift to yeah. us. Yeah. And that's where the pleasure comes into. Yeah. He's not up there like a cycle just saying, oh, that fame pleases me. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. And I agree with that. Side, I agree that, with that sidebar over. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's rich. So sidebar over. <laughs> counting back in in three two one so yeah i think when we look at that kind of in its totality yeah i feel like there are a few key things that we take from that Mm. um i really like that point around you know actually if we start to worry about something we kind of serve it Mm. and i feel like for me worrying like worry almost has like a counterpart right so kind of like some people see like faith and fear as counterparts like they're the same force but just applied to something different yeah 
it's kind of like worry is that thing where actually our minds should be stayed on God and the word and the kingdom and that energy that we're putting into figuring out okay what how am I going to eat what am I going to do this that same energy that same faith should be applied really to the kingdom you know like God what do you want me to do where do you want me to serve what you know how what's the plan for today Mm. and I feel like translating you know those thoughts from worrying about food and stuff like that to okay how do I serve how do I seek the kingdom how do I seek the righteousness of God like Mm. I feel like that's a really key transition and that's where we really serve God instead of serving mammon Mm. Um, and that is where that perfect peace comes because our mind is stayed upon him yeah you know instead of worrying about how all these things are going to play out if we concern ourselves with the things of God actually all this other stuff plays out and actually you have a journey you have a testimony mm-hmm. of what god has done as you have done that mm-hmm. because that's his word it says seek him first and the righteousness and his kingdom and all these things will be added it has to happen you know mm-hmm. and like the bit about being rich in good works and mm-hmm. the god works i really like that too mm-hmm. so any final thoughts from you as we round up yeah i think it's just i totally agree with the, the the points you've made man completely agree with them and i think that yeah i think the big call to action is, is and it's almost like a counter-cultural call to action but mm. if you're anxious about things to do with even the examples like what you're going to eat where you're going to live the clothes you're going to wear and stuff like that mm lean into that Mm. lean into it by looking at how you can maybe share even what you do have Mm. um with others because what that will do is (laughs) i was scared the crap out of you (laughs) (laughs) literally scare that crap out literally (laughs) yeah man it's either gonna do that or it's gonna help you to change your perspective Mm. to to um back to seeing god as the one that has provided what you've even had to present mm. um and so both of those outcomes might be the same thing that it takes you to hey, as long as you get that crap out of you it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah no really good really good reflections thank you guys for listening to another episode of the podcast if you like it we're happy <laughs> we pray that you share it with others if you don't like it let yeah, us know hit us up let us know maybe we can do an episode and talk about why you don't like it yeah <laughs> <laughs> why not <laughs> no thank you for listening once again yeah. and we will be back soon with another one <laughs>